Hello listeners. We are your hosts Sakina and Fatima and we welcome you to episode 4 of Two Pupils in a Pod. Today we are here with another new series School of Thumb. Yes, and we hope you all appreciate the fun. So, in our previous episode, we talked about the impact of COVID-19 on the macro environment of education. And so in this episode we'll be discussing how the micro environment of education consisting of individual stakeholders has been affected by this global pandemic. Yes, uh by individual stakeholders uh we mean students, teachers and parents and I'm pretty sure that each of you will agree that this global pandemic has rocked the education sector. and its ripples were experienced by all of us in some way definitely and in fact if we revisit some huge figures from our previous episode it was noted that 1.725 billion learners are currently affected due to this wow. um, pandemic and this accounts to almost 98.6% of the world student population so that's all that's Yeah, that's almost all of us and all of this only due to school closures. Yeah, but you know um actually a few countries did not uh close down their schools in response to the pandemic, which is so odd and a few of those countries uh to begin with uh are Chile and Uruguay where the government announced that the schools would only close if there were confirmed cases of the virus among the students which what? Is, yeah i mean can you imagine it's crazy right yeah this is pretty shocking so they were actually waiting for the tragedy to happen <laughs> yes. exactly but uh, that's not just been the case for these two countries i mean of course for them it was this reason but a few other countries as well uh like australia they also um didn't really close their schools in line mm. with the advice from the government right so i think um a lot of private and independent schools did shut down but that was totally up to them they were given yeah, the choice I mean, it was, yeah it was a matter of choice for them and the same yeah. happened in sweden as well where um, schools were open but like the universities and high schools were kept closed right so the government did not really mandate any sort of closure on these yeah. countries and then uh, in russia uh, you know they came up with like this flexible attendance policy for students uh, for public schools uh, wherein like the parents and students you know were given a choice whether they want to send the child to school or they want them to attend from home okay so this was like basically a choice which is the pretty safe way to go yeah i mean left it up to the parents itself to make the decision yeah exactly so now when we talk about the individual stakeholders we often forget that teachers are also affected and we often yeah. fail to address the problems and the uh, challenges that teachers face so exactly. let's talk about that yeah so um i think 
the foremost problem that teachers have faced um, has been in terms of technology you know uh, yeah. i mean teachers have been trained in teaching students in like a traditional setting you know we know that majority of the schools eventually transition to online learning so it's not it's not been easy when you look at it from a teacher's point of view because you know getting familiarized with technology and knowing how to use all of that having those skills and all not every teacher and we you know talking about teachers we're talking about people who are in the late 20s uh, 30s 40s so it's definitely you know to learn new things it's not that easy for them at their age so it's it's been a huge challenge for them you know in terms of technology to deliver their lessons online yes yes i agree to that and since everything happened so abruptly you know there wasn't much time or there wasn't sufficient training given to them everything had to be so exactly. quick and so so yeah so you know now since the teacher is you know teaching from behind a screen i think another huge huge problem that they faced is low participation from students and uh, i mean you can't really blame the students here either cuz they have to uh, you know mute themselves throughout the lecture while the teacher is teaching but of course you know in like the normal classroom when the when they're all in the same room there's definitely so much interaction like we've mentioned in our previous episodes and that is a motivating factor for the teacher as well you know when the class is being responsive but yes. when she's just uh, you know teaching for 40 minutes continuously without any uh, response or feedback uh, from students it's very hard for them to teach that sort of a class so that's also been a huge uh, problem for them yes yes absolutely and so you know this led to another problem that um, teachers had to look upon their traditional uh, study plans and they had to come up with this new um, plan that was suitable for this for the online um, interface yeah, yeah. and especially in online learning you know it's really difficult to conduct activities or anything of that sort so they had exactly. to go to more online uh, resources and they had to look up into so much innovation in terms of quizzes and games and stuff like that true true which was so yet another time consuming thing you know for a teacher to manage yes true and this all i mean they had to do it themselves like no training yeah. or no not much help you can say from like the educational authorities as such especially uh, you know when you look at um, the pre primary and primary schoolers i mean if you think yes. about their attention span and all of those things so even like within the classroom it's so difficult for the teacher to have their attention and you know keep them engaged and so now you know when she is not physically present to teach those children to create that sort of an environment has also been a huge challenge for teachers and for that reason you know uh, some of them have gone above and beyond and used personal uh, resources to try and make a favorable learning environment for their students and i think it's commendable because you know we've heard so many stories yes. where teachers were you know just neglected uh, by the school authorities i mean they just had to do it on their own they were left to do it on their own 
Yes, and so many teachers have, you know, purchased things out of their own pocket. They've brought their own blackboards and right, right. logs and different things that they know would help their students, even if it's through a screen, which is really mm-hmm. such such acts should really be appreciated. Definitely, and that's the thing, right? I mean, they don't, they are not being appreciated, which is kind of sad because if you look at you know, the selflessness of a teacher and how much they put in, they're just not receiving that sort of appreciation or even, you know, just uh, the help that they should in terms of these things. So, so you know, that has led to yet another problem that is now for teachers who are not, you know, able to adapt to the technology and, you know, properly deliver online lessons or maybe they didn't have the resources and knowledge uh, so some of them were actually given an ultimatum by schools so it was like you either you know figure out a way to do this to you know conduct your lessons online or risk losing your job that's a terrible situation to be in because nobody would love being in a do or die situation which is what teachers are facing right now if they don't adapt to these changes. And I mean, you know, in this situation, like we said, it was so unprecedented. They were not given any sort of training and this was not part of the job description. And in spite of that, you know, they're trying so hard. But like I said, they've just not got the support that they should have. All of these measures that teachers are taking right now are voluntary. They're not mandated to do so. But Exactly. Teachers do it out of their own um, um, pocket and they're not getting appreciated for it, which is obviously such a sad thing. Yeah. And so again, you know, um, talking about teachers losing their jobs, another uh, reason why that has happened is, remember how we spoke in our last episode about how uh, there have been demands by students and parents to reduce the fees? So, like, due to these, you know, uh, shortfalls in expected revenue, schools have comp- schools and, like, other educational authorities have compensated by laying off their staff. Yes, and this is a really difficult situation. Yeah, so I mean, just when you look at this, you know, in this situation where teachers needed the support most, they have not received it. And so now, you know, their jobs uh, are online. So, you know, as a result of all this, so many teachers have lost their job, jobs or like there's a threat that they might. And it's a sad situation, really. Yes, that's definitely such a terrible situation. And talking about teachers who have... Um, taken up the challenge of remote teaching, they then have the whole other uh, situation of juggling their personal and professional life. Which is absolutely not easy. They need to come up, they need to strike a balance. They need to come up with a proper um, solution and a proper schedule to differentiate and to give time to their home as well as the teaching. Especially when you look at teachers whose kids are small. Uh, so, you know, you know that uh, small kids, they can't sit for online classes alone. I mean, they need someone to sit with them. They, they need their parent to sit with them. 
so for teachers it becomes so hard because of course you know the timings are same for when their class is going on and when their child's class is going on so basically you know they have to find a way for their own child also to be able to study and also manage their own students and classes so that's been difficult and i think that's not just a problem for teachers i think it's uh, also been a problem for parents who've been working from home you know to just yes, give time i mean whether you know it's their 9 to 5 job or they just logging a specific number of hours in a day giving time to the child it's not just for like the smaller kids but even uh, for teenagers they have to you know check up on them because uh, in class i mean the stu- the teacher can monitor whether or not the child is paying attention but you know behind a screen who knows what the child is doing you know sitting with like maybe another device or just not mentally being there so even in that sense um parents it's it's upon the parents to make sure that their child is uh you know paying attention in in the lectures yes yes that's actually a very common thing and it it happens no doubt you cannot um um deny that it doesn't it actually does happen and so since parents are also confined to work from home it's very difficult to manage their time because the same just like you had mentioned you know their uh, work working hours are the same as the child's school hours so it's very difficult for parents to devote time on their children and especially since if you have multiple children you know it's very difficult to keep up with each of them oh yes yes and okay multiple children and then both the parents working i mean that's just such such a complicated situation where they yeah. have to you know give time to their work and then to their child's education and so it's also just the amount of overall time you know that that is available for the parent to devote to their children for teaching yes and talking about multiple children you know it will it's obvious to know that um, multiple children will use multiple devices and a lot of households do not have that kind of luxury to um, be able to afford so many yes. devices at once yes, especially yes, since yes. time is clash and uh, exactly I mean uh it's you know like you rightly said not everyone can afford it you know if again if the parent is also working and there's more than one child so you know to have those many laptops or phones available and on top of that you know having like a proper internet connection if so many people are using it at once yeah. these are all additional costs they have to personally incur in addition to you know the school fees the tuition fees that they're already paying to the schools So yes. it's so especially due to this pandemic um a lot of uh, families have been affected in a financial way and this is yeah. adding more to that it's definitely not helping them in any way even though they are at home exactly, even though exactly. they're studying from home even though they are working from home the expenses the costs are still the same and as you had as or, you had mentioned in fact, you know, they're more yeah exactly so not everyone will have the best resource or not everyone will have the fastest internet or 
the most amazing online resources to you know have the best Ex- learning opportunity yeah to best benefit from learning exactly yeah but you know a lot of uh, a few countries that i actually read about uh decided to approach a very innovative method indonesia and jordan both decided to broadcast their lessons on tv really so they actually um appointed these certain um, certain channels and they broadcasted their lessons on those particular channels just so that the student could uh, switch on his or her tv and easily learn which is wow why that is amazing brilliant. that is amazing yes because you know uh, tvs were definitely a luxury of the past but they are a necessity today i have i have yet to you know come across a household that does not have a tv <laughs> yeah so, i even just so i mean i think that's that's great you know uh, this i think solves the very common issues of you know the multiple device thing so yes. and like the internet uh, speed so if you just have like a tv I, i'm pretty sure what they're doing is for like different classes like they've allotted times so each class for each class the lesson is broadcasted at like a particular time so you know yeah. you don't need to have different devices and like wifi and all you just uh sit in front of the tv when you know it's time for your class and wow that's that's a pretty amazing idea i really like that and not just exactly. um not just for the students even if you look at you know some parents who haven't like completed their education or haven't received proper formal education even for them it's such a great opportunity to you know learn yes that's actually a very interesting way to look at this you know parents can um simultaneously learn some things especially um people from the lower economic backgrounds the parents themselves have not you know received uh proper education so you know while their child is learning they can you know sit along and learn and i think that's that's just a very very uh brilliant idea that these two countries have come up with but yes, again you know talking absolutely. about parents not uh, you know having that edu- having received that sort of education or just having that kind of knowledge i think that gives rise to another problem and that is homeschooling requires the parent to like you know whether it's just making sure whether the child is learning or you know revising with them it requires the parent to have that kind of uh, you know knowledge and they themselves need to understand those topics and concepts first and for parents exactly. who don't and yeah definitely parents who don't have prior knowledge about say math or how to solve this sum it's it gets really difficult to yeah, you know exactly. do it explain it to their child so so you know that just it's again it's leading to like a situation where some children uh, you know whose parents are probably uh, maybe like to you know illuminate their history lessons taking them to trips to monuments or museums and you know things like that they're definitely going to benefit but 
like if you look at the other side where parents don't know anything about the topic or the subject you know there's no way they can help their child so those children will definitely be hugely affected so that's going to lead to uh, you know a lot of inequality uh, in terms of how much the child is benefiting yes yes absolutely so you know an inherent problem with homeschooling is also the fact that children are never going to take their parents seriously i mean <laughs> just play a different role and teachers are in their own place and parents are in their place so when parents act like teachers or when parents are trying to teach certain concepts you know little children especially all they they tend to have fun and they tend to take everything lightly yeah. and they don't necessarily learn which is exactly not a problem so yeah i mean as a thing right with parents that's like the reason schools are there so that the child is in an environment where they can study and there's a person who can like control the children that is the teacher the yeah. educator who is especially trained you know to teach and to deal with children parents they simply cannot because like you rightly said with parents uh, there is no seriousness the children have no seriousness uh, with their own parents so now that's what has happened right that because of online learning now again kids are back at home and the responsibility now lies on their parents to ensure that you know their child uh, has learned everything exactly and talking about all of these problems you know uh, singapore has actually come up with a very feasible solution so they have decided to um, keep their schools open but only for those parents who cannot find uh, alternative uh, accommodation or alternative solutions for their children and oh. all of these problems compiled on top of each other i think singapore right. has taken a very good step yeah definitely i mean whether the accommodation is in terms of times or resources uh, yes. i think it's great it definitely reduces the burden on parents especially in this crazy situation this crazy time period that we all are in right now yes yes i agree to that okay so um talking about working parents uh frontline workers you know basically the people uh, who are contributing to this anti corona virus effort and who are uh, you know just the healthcare workers doctors nurses uh, and so many other people so for yes. the children of such parents for them the united kingdom and finland these two countries have made arrangements for these children and so basically you know they've kept schools open where these children can come and you know spend their time and teachers are coming to the school to these schools and spending time with the children so these parents basically are working at the front line they don't have to worry about you know uh, how their child's education is going to be affected or you know if they're just going to be left alone at home so that's, i think that like a pretty novel idea because especially since these are these uh, children are the most at risk because of their parents yeah and true, so um, if they are in a safer environment it will really benefit them as well 
and mm. uh, wow these efforts oh. are actually pretty commendable yeah and in fact in finland uh, even for children with uh, special needs you know the early childhood and education care is being provided uh, for these children and you know to the parents who are unable to arrange that kind of care at home so uh, yeah when you think about what finland has done i think it's great you know in terms of um, children with special needs because we know that in most places uh, these children or you know students with disabilities with learning disabilities they go to special schools right so they too have been uh, you know closed down yes. in this situation so it's been a very hard time for them and their families go so now you know talking about the heart of the education system as students we have our own set of problems you know yeah. we spoke about the plight of international students how they were stuck in foreign countries and um their classes and the issue about their fees and uncertainty about their further education prospects because yes yes and everything was in order due to this pandemic mm-hmm. um unavailability of scholarships oh yes adding exams cancellation of exams all of this you know um which we've already addressed in detail in our previous episodes so make yes. sure to do those and talking uh, about uh, examinations you know from a student's point of view i think i really think it was unfair for those of them who did not get to you know give their examinations and were instead uh, awarded grades or like were passed on i don't know whatever criteria i, I don't you think it was unfair for them i mean to not be able to write their examination and be given grades on the basis of various criteria absolutely i feel the same especially because you know students were not informed of the grading criteria we didn't know what we were getting um yeah exactly i mean in some students- cases there was no transparency Yeah a few cases and then it was just very chaotic i mean it was you know a new uh, area even for schools and universities to deal with but i think that because of this a lot of students have been at a huge disadvantage and in fact you know um i've read in a couple of places that because of this the students who are like you know from the lower socio economic area they have been at a bigger disadvantage than you know um, their counterpart of uh, private school going children and that's just so unfair so um, uh, so much disparity it's really um, yeah exactly i mean i think okay. another major complaint that we've heard from students is that they stuck with school work all day Oh yes, 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 yes. It's like teachers have this misconception that since students are at home, since they have <laughs> nothing else to do, it's fine. Let's give them some more homework. And it gets very really difficult for a student to keep up with all the subjects yeah, at once. Yeah, I mean, it all just keeps you know 
piling up, adding up assignments and preparing for tests. It's just, that's what they're doing all day long. And it's led to frustration among so many students. You know, even on weekends, they're preparing for examinations and all. And, you know, just different, different things. So basically, uh, it's like, they used to have like some sort of free time, you know, when they used to go to school. But now that they're home, it's just twice the amount of work that they're yes. doing. Yes, yes, definitely. A lot of students have been complaining about that. And it's valid, to be very honest. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, I think at the beginning, you know, when this online classes thing came out, a lot of students thought that, okay, it's going to be super chill and you know we'll just have to you know attend the classes and then we'll be done for the day and all that but now seeing the amount of work that you know they're being given I think <laughs> it's completely changed their earlier notion yeah. about what <laughs> online learning would be like yeah most of them can't wait to go back to school now <laughs> I know I can't wait to go back same okay. same well, um, in general, you know, it has affected our learning journey. It has interrupted a normal student's way of learning. And this has yeah, increased definitely. dropouts. This has led to gap years. And generally, students have had a lot of difficulty adapting to the new learning methods. Because sitting behind a screen for straight six to seven hours is not very easy. Exactly. And, you know, it's just... It's so boring. I mean, if you look at it, just sitting in front of a screen, uh, hearing the teacher talk or like watching a presentation or something. Because, you know, for students, there has to be some sort of interaction or engagement to, you know, for them to be interested in what's being taught. So they haven't necessarily uh, been affected by like the technology in the way teachers have but definitely this technology is affecting their retention because now you know their attention span is decreasing their concentration is decreasing there's no motivation to study they're just sitting in front of a screen and like we don't even know if half of them are paying attention so that's definitely going to um, affect how much they retain how much of what's being taught is being retained. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, students have so many distractions and it's so much easier to just mute your mic, shut your camera and do other things. <laughs> and the teacher won't even realize what's going on behind the screen. Yeah, yes. I mean, there's so little that the teacher can do in this situation, you know. So yeah. I think students have taken an advantage of this. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's affecting their education. Definitely. And um, talking about students, you know, when we, uh, when we think about um, younger pupils in pre-primary or uh, kindergarten, you know, for them, going to school, um, collaborating with students, engaging in activities, all of these things contribute to their social life and contribute to how they um, learn and how they interact yes, with yes, people. Definitely. All of this exposure 
um, helps them in a certain way that this pandemic has now hindered. True, true. I absolutely agree. I mean, that's one of the reasons schools came into being, right? Is that yeah. there's this environment of learning, and it's not just textbook learning. It's just all of these uh, other things, you know, awareness and skills, different sort of skills, whether it's social skills, and just those things that you can only have in a classroom environment, in a school environment, when you interact with. Uh, others so now yeah. for those like you said you know for those younger students who are just beginning their education they you know they're starting off only with absolute lack of interaction so it's definitely going to affect their overall i think personality and growth and how everything then on because these are like the foundation years and these skills are super important going ahead in life and you know since they're not uh, getting any of that uh it's going to be a huge uh, problem for them going ahead i mean so many studies have shown that you know even like a short period of missed school time will have prominent consequences on you know the skill growth and like development of the child since we are talking about the different types of students you know uh we also need to address the disparity of um private school going children and public school going children basically the yes, concern yes. of classism now this yes, pandemic absolutely. has brought about so many inequalities in that were inherent in the education systems but are only evident right now more prominent now you know they've just been aggravated to such an extent yes. that it's so obvious for everyone to see how at one end you know there are students who are just struggling definitely i i agree to that and you know low and lower middle income countries it's especially and uh, students from a lower uh, economic background the linguistic minorities all of these uh, all of these families all of these students have been affected in such a way that uh, their learning process is definitely not the same as their of course i mean they're already at uh, a disadvantage because of uh, their circumstances yeah. and now this has just made it so many times worse so it's really unfortunate you know um, for these students and they have not been supported schools have just sort of uh, made like one single uh, provision for everyone and that is online learning but these students these people have really really been affected in this situation yeah i mean when you think about it you know these students are already in such a vulnerable situation their condition is already so fragile and because of the pandemic it has aggravated so many problems and this um added problem you know because a lot of students relied on school for um being a safe place that they can go to for being a place where they were provided meals at times oh yes yes a lot of schools have meals you know midday meals and that's yeah. actually an incentive for so many students to come to school you know that they're just getting a meal and so it's it's really this whole thing has been really sad yes definitely like 
along with the missed opportunities for learning they no longer have access to healthy meals which the school provided so yeah but you know uh, since you talked about the access to meals um two countries lesotho and uruguay they um closed down their schools but they allowed school meals to continue so they were still providing meals to the students just without you know the classes continuing and they it's commendable they more countries you know should have done this because in this period yes. of where so many families are you know going through a financial crisis especially from the lower economic strata they're already struggling on a daily basis and now it's just the situation is gone from worst to worst from them um this has come as a savior even you know just if it's for the students so i think it's an amazing, amazing. thing that these countries have done exactly yes 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 absolutely i mean how thoughtful of them to be very honest exactly. because as you had mentioned you know that a lot of schools do not really think about these uh, these particular students and Lesotho and uh, Uruguay have done such a great job of deciding to do this. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it has helped so many families cope up with the whole. Definitely, definitely. Generally. So I think you know, in spite of all these problems, there is hope somewhere. I mean, it's less right now, but it's there, and I think right now that's enough. because we've we've you know seen and addressed so many problems over these last few episodes everyone has been so gravely affected by this and these were you know very general problems i'm sure at an individual level each one of us has like a different story and but you know these such stories such examples uh are so inspiring and encouraging to hear about you know yes especially since um these countries these particular countries were able to come up with such great solutions such innovative um, ways to tackle this challenge and uh, it's been right. really commendable and a lot of countries should should um take up on their examples and they should you know yeah um i mean if, if they can do it i'm sure that you know the other countries too can find some way i mean of course it's not easy it there are a lot of uh, factors in play but you know if they can try to you know come up with a way to help students and teachers as well because Yes, as you know absolutely teachers are like a crucial part of society but so are students you know they are the future uh, of the country so they really have to be supported and their problems have to be heard and like we yes. said these were very general problems there's so many more issues that teachers students parents are facing and it's as you know um, upsetting it has yeah. been hearing about Definitely. those issues these countries you know in their small uh, efforts that they're making it's it has really really been very encouraging what they've been doing 
so that's actually what we'll be focusing on in our next episode basically all of these um innovative solutions and encouraging inspiring stories and examples that we came across during the course of our research which we would love to share with all of you yes now that we have talked at length about what challenges the education empire has faced as a whole um it's safe to say that we have seen some very um innovative um solutions and we definitely want to address them and uh, bring light to these underrated efforts so that these can be taken yes. as solutions by the global community and we can all implement them so stay tuned for our next episode for sure and as always thank you so much for your support it means a lot to us thank you so much for listening you can reach out to us on our email and our website is always available we really appreciate your comments and uh, keep supporting us see you all next time mm-hmm.